Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 25th day of January. I'm Paul White. Today we are exploring the statement made by Jesus in Mark chapter 1, verse 38. Let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come forth. I left you with the thought yesterday that what does this say about why Jesus was here? That if most of us could be asked, why did Jesus come to the earth? We would include his death, his his burial, and most likely his resurrection. But most of us would condense it down to one statement, Jesus came to die. In fact, that's a very popular little almost bumper sticker theology in Christianity, Jesus came to die. And what we mean, of course, is that Jesus came to be a sacrifice or Jesus came to die for us. And when we want to flesh it out a little bit, we'll say things like Jesus came to die because he loved us and he would have done it if you were the only person on the earth because you were that important to God and God would rather sacrifice his own son than see you perish. Okay, all of those things are sort of the way that we frame why Jesus came to the earth. Now, what we understand is that that's not the only thing Jesus did while he were here because if that were the case, the gospels would be rather short might give the genealogy, tell us where he was born, and then he'd go straight to the cross. The fact that the Gospels do not simply give the message of the cross tells us some things we need to know about Jesus. In fact, I would say that one of the most telling things about the Gospels is that they spend so much time on stuff that's not the cross. Why? If the cross was the only thing that mattered in the life of Jesus, why bother telling us his miracles? Why give any of his sermons? Why have one encounter? Because none of it would matter. And the fact that the Gospels, none of them do that. None of them give only the cross. And the fact that sometimes they even repeat stories tells us that these things were important. So let me start by saying that this is a... a, a, topic that has been wrestled with in the church for 2,000 years. Why did Jesus come? And you will find every camp known to man. Let me throw this in as well. This struck me the other day when I was reading some social media posts about another preacher. Um, They had made a quote and some people jumped in and, hey, yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. And then there was a whole contingent that started linking articles as to why this guy was a heretic. Whole articles, YouTube videos, everything. And I watched a few of it or at least paid attention a little bit. And and some, I didn't think the criticisms were very fair, but you know, um, I then I I took a step back and said, why didn't I think the criticisms were fair? So, well, because you're kind of on the side of the guy they're cutting down. So you didn't think the criticisms were fair because we lean towards someone. And it struck me, and I think it was the voice of the Holy Spirit, to be honest. That is, everyone, everyone that's doing this is a heretic to someone. I, I mean, that is without exception. Every preacher I've ever heard... If you follow them for any time at all, you can find a counter-argument against them. And I don't just mean arguments against their theology. I mean arguments against their whole salvation. I've never encountered anyone that I listened to for five minutes that didn't have a whole camp of people that thought they were a heretic. And I'm not just talking about one side. I've been on the other side of this aisle, and everybody over there was a heretic, too. And then everybody on this side of the aisle is a heretic, too. And everybody, And it just tells me that we don't determine 
the value of what we're hearing based upon whether everyone else is listening or anyone else is listening. So we have to go a little deeper than that. With Jesus, I mean, he was a heretic out of the gate to the religious community. So there you go. Red flag, watch out for this Jesus. Um, we learn a lot by watching his day-to-day life, by listening to what he says, but we still don't land on a singular reason that Jesus came. And I think it's because of this. When Jesus says, this purpose I've come forth, he doesn't say this is the only purpose that I came forth. So I think it's being unfair, and I did it to you. I know. I, I pared it down yesterday at the end of the podcast. I go, what is the one thing he came for? But I was being a little tricky. I don't think it's one thing, and I don't think Jesus ever thought it was one thing. Here's why. Remember in Luke 4, Jesus goes into the synagogue, and he reads from the Scripture. Spirit of the Lord's upon me, he hath anointed me. Remember, in Mark 1, where we are, he just come out of the synagogue the day before. So there's a good chance that what happened in Luke is what's happening in Mark 1. And what happened in Luke is that he read from Isaiah 61. And Isaiah 61, this is where he read from. Verse 1, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, nowhere in there does he say the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he hath anointed me to die on a cross. And I don't mean that the Lord didn't sin, wasn't in what he did at Calvary. But I don't think that Jesus, at this point in his ministry, is thinking, I came to die. Although, he came to die. And, I, and we have ample evidence that by the time he goes to the cross, he knew it. In fact, he told his disciples at, in Gethsemane, here's what's about to happen. So it doesn't sneak up on him. But there is this progression of what he's here to do. And he's anointed in Isaiah 61 to preach, to take the good news and to tell people about it. So early in his ministry, Jesus seems to value the one thing of preaching over everything else. And he tells people when he heals them to be quiet about it because there's a certain level of his own ministry, the pace at which it's growing that he seems to want to govern. And in verse 39, he was preaching in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and casting out demons. And so Mark, once again, for the third time in chapter 1, emphasizes Jesus' power over the realm of the Spirit, that he has come to preach good news to people and to exact a victory over the powers of darkness. And he seems to be doing it every time he opens his mouth. That leads us to 40. A leper comes to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And we'll pick up verse 41 tomorrow where Jesus heals this leper because we know that he will, but there's some things about it that are particularly interesting in regards to the anointing that I want to get into on tomorrow's podcast. Hope you have a great day. God bless.